This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Does this, does this sound good enough for the audio? What, do we, what are you? Like an audio engineer, audio producer, studio producer, executive producer of music? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> Recording studio extraordinaire. Well, we are drinking coffee. Absolutely, in good middle coffee. Of Georgia. Well, I'll, I'll say this: this podcast is sponsored by a coffee company out of Australia, and I'll have to bring you some the next time I come. They've got this thing that is like this. It's like drip coffee. You had drip coffee this yeah. morning, but they've made it in these like little sachets that you can fit over. The engineering is amazing. It fits over like any cup of coffee, like any mug or anything like that. Nice. And it's a drip coffee anywhere in the world. And normally, those kinds of stuff is crap, right? It's very Elon Musk of them. But it's freaking good coffee. I bet That's so. the thing. It's freaking good. Dog and gun coffee. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's good stuff. Cool. Well, we're here. Uh, I'm very. You know, I'm terrible at this podcast game in terms of introducing people, and I've just done a shoddy job of introducing who you are, so why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Andrew Ratcliffe. I'm the CEO and founder of Tweed Recording Audio Production School and Recording Studios here in Athens, Georgia. 
Well, dang, this this is a hunting podcast. Well, so we hunt some in the music industry for talent and good uh, good players and good recording musicians and artists. So, well, fantastic. Similar. And uh, I don't call you Andrew; I call you Raddy. Yep. Um, Raddy and I have known each other for, gosh, since I arrived in Oxford, since. Probably 2004, 2005-ish is probably when we first crossed paths. Yep. It's 15 years, 16 years. Goes by fast. Exactly. Exactly. One of my oldest friends. And uh, the reason I'm, I wanted to talk to you is that it's very difficult, especially in my circle of people that I interact with, to find a male who doesn't hunt. <laughs> and you are one of them. Yes. And so I want to do... Obviously, pick your brain. You know everything about what we do at Blood Origins. And, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit from a non-hunter's perspective, a male non-hunter's perspective. I'll give you the best perspective that I can. And, it's only uh, one I know. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, last night we talked about, we got into the scotch a little bit last night, and we talked about essentially the perceptions mm-hmm. right, of, of who hunters are and what hunting is. and you don't hunt, so maybe let's just start there. What is what is your perception of hunters and hunting? Well, I've always kind of joked, I think I've said this to you too, you know, I have a father that hunts and enjoys it very much. I was always scared of the fact that if I went and did it, that it would cut into my golf game because I really enjoy playing golf and I might actually like hunting more and might even be better at it than I am at golf. So the reason why I never did is just when I went, when I have those blocks of time mm-hmm. off, I'm going to go spend three hours at the golf course, kind of get the mental, you know, release and then and come back in, into it. So, I mean, my perspective of hunting is, you know, it's, it's not unlike any other ecosystem is that it, it is a necessity and if done properly and put back the way that you found it or regenerating it back into the ecosystem, then it's perfectly fine. And you know, last time I checked, you know, the majority of stuff that we eat, or me personally and my family, is uh, is meat and mm-hmm. fish and things that we need to go and catch and and harvest and right and collect. Smart. Right. So, do you think your perspective? How is how's your perspective actually been shaped? Like, do you you have obviously you've just articulated a perspective to us, which is not. That you guys are rednecks, not that you guys are a bunch of killers, yeah. not that you are bloodlusters. Right. So, why is your perspective the way that it, that it is versus Honestly, what from, I just from watching what you have broadcasted out through your podcast and through your social media, and knowing that that we have the relationship that we do, that I trust you, and you know very much so, and that I know that you're not putting out something that's not mm-hmm. true. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is where, you know, in this world, where do you go to get the correct information and, and where can you believe that and where can you trust it? Because there's so many different angles and opinions about it. Right. So in all honesty, a lot of what I base my opinion on is watching the work that you've done. It's and, so, then, and then, you know, what dad does in Georgia sure, as well. Sure. No, you know, what you just articulated, it, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. We see these rhetorics of murderers, you X, you Y, you Z. And it's almost the first question you, you have to ask them is, do you know a hunter? No. And that's the answer. The, the answer is no, I don't. All I'm, all I'm basing my perspective on is this 
tabloid article mm-hmm. of someone of standing this- in front of this beautiful, uh, you know, animal with a, a rifle the size of a, you know, a, a tank or whatever else. And immediately you go, oh, that's wrong. That's terrible. They can't be yeah. doing that. Well, stop. Have a conversation. Figure out what's going on in that picture before you just start blasting out all over the world that yeah, hunting is terrible and you can't kill animals and all that. You know, it's it's having a conversation and perspective and listening, which a lot of people don't do anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned is there's also the hypocritical component of when you start pushing on someone. Mm-hmm. You're like, do you eat meat? Like, that's the simplest one to push on. Yeah. It's amazing how many vegans show up on social media yeah. because it's an easy out. I wish I had that time in my day just to sit there and fire off of my opinions at everybody. And it must be nice <laughs> how much, to have that much free time on your hands. Yeah, it's, you know, these... Uh, unfortunately, we have to spend a lot of time in that world yeah. because the pushback for us is almost... You know, I don't care about likes. I don't care about follows. I don't care about engagement. And people are like, well, how do you gauge if you're making a difference? Well, I gauge I'm making a difference when I have a conversation, a social media conversation, mm-hmm. whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whatnot. I'll give you two examples. One where it started off them calling us MFers, and it ended up saying, hey, can I, can I use your, your debating skills and your knowledge on African wildlife to help me with my PhD? Yeah. That's a long way from MFs. Yeah. So to me, yeah. that's a win. There's a big conversation that, that happens in between those two points. I mean, and you know, you got to, you're also branding. So you got to think about that with, with the blood origins names, not unlike what we're doing downtown and, and teaching, you know, the next generation of creative entrepreneurs and, and the IP economy and, and teaching people how to a valuable trade. I mean, it's, it's very similar. You got to, you got to have a conversation and go into those things and, and let people know that, hey, yeah, we're, we're a recording school and we're going to teach you recording. Can you do that on your own? Yeah, sure, but we can get you there a lot quicker if you surround yourself with people that have knowledge about what happens when those things occur. Not unlike hunting, in my head, I think. So, you're a non-hunter. Maybe you have an opinion here or not, but... Is there something that hunters do? Coming at it from a completely objective perspective, mm-hmm. you're like, as a non-hunter, you hunters, if, if you want to save what you love, what do we do? And that perspective from you is, is critical. Mm-hmm. Because to me and, and what we do, that's who matters. Because that's the voting block that is keeping my lifestyle around for me to enjoy it. Yes. For my kids to enjoy it and for my grandkids one day to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that's the next 10 to 15 years. That's the block for it either to be taken away yeah. or to be foundationally set because a new narrative has been talked about exactly. in rhetoric and whatnot. Yeah. So as a non-hunter... What is it that we would need to do to ensure that we got your vote? Awareness. I mean, you you have to find. It's tricky because we talked a little bit about it last night, and I'm not going to go into detail, but the celebrity status 
of people that you come across that have the platforms to really broadcast. This is exactly what we do downtown. It's like, hey, well, let's go get, you know, a buddy, Josh Kelly. He's a great singer-songwriter. Let's get him on the show. Let's get him advocating for what we're doing so that, you know, you, there are a group of people that love him and, and trust him and listen to what he says, and, and they take him at his word. Now, there's a lot of people out there that probably don't. So, you know, you got to find the, the, what I would call the proverbial yellow. And, the, you know, there are people, there are people that are traveling the road, and you got the white lines, and you got the pavement, and then you've got the two yellow lines. And there are people within every single one of those lines. There are people with the, that are within the two yellow lines. There are people that are off in the ditch. So, you've got to find a way to find people that are honorable. You're talking about hunters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you can rebrand and re and re you know, re I guess broadcast the word of what we are doing is beneficial. And there are so many different things that are within that, whether it's, you know, community uh you know, community uh meat houses or farming or sharing and all that, you've gotta to get to a point where you get a a core group of people that are broadcasting the message that this is a really good thing. And just because you have a difference of opinion about it, or maybe it's something you don't do, well, learn about it. Learn about what all the what all the benefits are, and then what what the folks are doing that is not beneficial that gives you a bad name. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. I think you know it's so difficult for a hunter to understand this thing that's giving us a bad name. There is no doubt in my brain we have a PR problem. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. But from a hunter's lens, you know, the rhetoric that has been for so long is, well, I don't care. Mm -hmm. They're not us. Yeah. We're not them. But that's with anything. That's that's with any primal instinct that I have. It's like playing golf. People think that that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do with three hours of your time. Why would you go chase a white ball around? Or why do you listen to this music? It's, you know... People have differences yeah, of opinions. Yeah, but hunting, hunting is tied to killing something. Well, you might want to kill yourself after a round of golf, too, or kill somebody else that's with you. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're, that's a great point. You're absolutely right. So then that's, that's what you need to be talking about, is, is the kill itself. It's the, it's the persevering. It is the, it is the preparation. It is the fellowship that you're having within that moment from the time that you prep to the time that you get out in the woods or wherever you are and to that moment. So when you get to the kill shot, what is that about? And that's what you need to be broadcasting and saying, okay, well, it's, you know, once again, it's a primal thing as a, that I have within me, male or female, because I've seen it both in, in the podcasting and the episodes that you've done, that there's something that releases in a person that brings them satisfaction. And you're right, there is something that is destroyed in the process, but that's kind of, in my mind, that's kind of the back to the ecosystem thing again, is that we are, you know, we're, we're helping the, the circle of life, so to speak. Now, whether or not, you know, that's, you know, you, I'm sure you get into the, into the conversations and we can get way down the wormhole in this with, you know, people, I think probably one of the biggest things that that probably gets thrown back in your face is, well, what gives you the right to do that? Absolutely. You well, don't have the power. Who's given you the power? Yeah, but, but you can apply that to every single 
thing that you do in your life, good or bad, there's always going to be somebody there that says, well, no, you can't do that. Or that's, who are you? What gives you the right? So you got, you got to change the narrative and, and, and understand and explaining and having someone believe what you're doing. And I think you're doing a great job of it, but you're always going to have the naysayers. You're always going to have those people, but you know, for every five, like we said last night, for every five that is disgusted by you, if you get one, then, you know, you're, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that whole power argument is a very interesting argument. You typically, the retort typically is you could use a, a creationistic biblical perspective, which mm-hmm. is that we've been given dominion yeah. over the animals. There's scripture that shows that we have been given dominion. We've been given uh, stewardship yes. over animals, and it's our duty to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly enough, I just got sent a video by a, a guy. His name is Rob Lahashi, but his real uh, tribal name is Brightson. He's from the Mohawk Nation in Canada. Oh, cool. And he sent me this video about why he hunts. He told this whole story about the creator, and he made man, and he stood man in the circle, and he brought everybody to man. Mm-hmm. Fruits, uh, trees, plants animals and they explained what they would give man wow. and man turned around to the creator and goes why you know what do i do like how do i thank them mm-hmm. and the creator said you honor them <laughs> and you honor them by giving thanks you honor them by understanding where what they're doing for you so that when they uh their life is taken and they come back yeah and they speak to their kind. And that's how he spoke. Like, and when you think about biblically, the, you know, in Noah's Ark, the Ark's tied to kinds of animals, not species of animals. Yeah. So the, the fact that he used kind as the word was amazing to me. And he, he talked about that when they went back to their kind, they spoke about man. Hmm. And they spoke about the honor that man had for them. So that when they come back to the earth and they see man again, they know who man is. It's fascinating. I mean, that's, that's a story within itself that needs to be rebroadcasted because every single one of these stories you're doing is going to relate to someone and someone's going to have that moment where they go, oh, I get it now. I got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know you're pointing out something that's, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, you guys have, you guys have grown so much. And again, it comes back to like, your engagement sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said, yeah, it sucks because just what you just said, we put out a duck episode two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole fraternity of hunters and non-hunters that enjoy ducks and duck hunting and whatnot. But there's a whole slew of individuals that follow us that may not like duck hunting. Of course. And so they don't engage. Right. And so when the whitetail person comes on oath, then a a new demographic comes online or Mm -hmm. the African piece comes online, a new demographic comes online. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting, you know, dichotomy of different pieces of content reaching different people speaking to them very differently Mm -hmm. great branding well it's not great branding it's just you know keeping doing what we're doing (laughs) to try and tell the the truth around what we are and who we are and what we do yeah Yeah. well we've been going for see these what the beauty about these podcasts is that they're just short sharp iron sharpening iron type conversation Mm -hmm. i don't think they're ever going to be an hour or two hours long We've only been going for 18 minutes, but it feels like we've been talking for 30 minutes. Yeah. Ours, I mean, mine that we've done with the Tweed talks is, you know, you look up and you get into music and you go, 
you know, I gotta, you know, my, my classic line is I gotta bring the fader down on this thing. We've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes and we can keep going. I mean, it's just great people. Any last thoughts to, well, one, let me ask this. Do you think you'll pull the trigger anytime soon? Sure. Yeah, that's a good deal. We talked about it last night. I'd like to go try it out. Go yeah. do a quail hunt or something in Georgia? Yeah, I think so. I think there's some cool places we can go and hang out. And, you know, I might even get you to go play some golf on the, on the next morning, too. So there you go. I haven't played golf in like six years. I may only shoot like 85. I know. You're, you're good at that. You can just show up and hit the ball into the, into the forest. Into, into the, the woods. woods. The woods, mate. <laughs> a side joke. When I first came to this country, Raddy, obviously I met Raddy, and we went and played golf. And in South Africa, golf balls are precious. And remember I telling you that? Like, oh, yeah. They were so expensive. <clears throat> like, you would, when you hit something into the woods, you would spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes looking for your ball. Yeah. Where in here in America, when I went to go find my ball, I found like 20 balls. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on here? And they were like, no, nobody ever looks for their ball. They just, if it goes, if they shank it, they just drop another ball and start hitting it. And that blew my mind. Yep. There's a lot in that that we don't need to spend another 40 minutes talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can definitely go off on a tangent. Well, I appreciate um, your perspective. Thanks I really for appreciate it. part of it. And um, any final tidbits? Keep doing what you're doing, man. Spreading the good word and, and putting correct information out there. Well, I appreciate you, Reddy. I appreciate you as a friend and I appreciate you as a a non-hunter that can see us for, for who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, boss. Yeah, man. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.